there's God the Father, God the Son, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. You know, it's really wonderful when we can go to Matthew and we can take a parable of Jesus or an event of Jesus and you can picture something and, and kind of picture being there and it, and it helps so much with the understanding. If I were to talk about Jonah or Noah tonight, you know, you could, you can picture that and go along with it, but there's, there's really nothing to picture when you think about the Holy Spirit. Just, just, uh, to put on our biblical student minds and, and to learn and to see what God has in store for us in His Word. As far as for some help to get this started, I will tell you a story. And as I thought about this story I will use, I was not thinking about my background that we have up here tonight, but what came to mind was this idea of scuba diving. Now, I've never been deep sea diving. I never want to go deep sea diving. I have no interest in it whatsoever. But if I were to go deep sea diving, I'm sure that that tank on my back would be my very best friend. It would be very, very important to me. Very important that that connection stay solid from, from that tank to my mouth, to my snout, to my nose, wherever it hooks up. I'm sure I would want it and that it always needs to be there because you see, it's kind of another world when you go down into the water. We're not used to that world. No man can survive in that, that underwater life that there is down there. So therefore, for someone to go scuba diving and they're going to leave their habitat, it's not their natural habitat to go in the water, there must be a life source from their normal habitat that they take with them. We would need air if we went down there. Air would be very important. Oxygen would be of the greatest necessity for you and I. And as we consider that... You and I have been born again. If we're Christians, we are, just as the song says, this world is not our home. Our citizenship is now in heaven. It is not here. And for you and I to be able to survive and make it in this life on this earth, you and I as Christians, we need a life source in order to do so. And, and I could easily say that we need God as our life source. And that would be very correct for me to say that. We need God to make it through this life. That's definitely correct. It's, it's just that much more to correct to say we need Jesus to be able to make it in this life. As a matter of fact, if someone asked you, as they asked one of my teenagers about three years ago, why is it that you are so joyful? How are you able to be happy all the time, no matter what's going on in your life. The teenager just sweetly smiled and said, because I have Jesus. What a wonderful thing. We should praise the name of Jesus. He's the one to be magnified. But I want to tell you something about the third person of the Trinity tonight. There's something we need to learn about him. The, there is a specific ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
You know, when we think about the Trinity, when we think about our triune God, God, he God, the father, he never lacks in getting attention. We always talk about God, the God, the son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He should never go without the attention. All the attention should be to him uh, in our lives and and we should praise his name. But there's a there's a there's the, the third person of this Trinity, and that is the Holy Spirit. And where God the Father and God the Son do not ever seem to be neglected, there does seem to be a neglect of the Holy Spirit sometimes. There are some crazy teachings on the Holy Spirit out there. The Holy Spirit is is talked about in such a way that there are denominations and there are even Baptists who have no idea what the Holy Spirit is. And that actually causes some people just to not teach on the Holy Spirit at all. And and you do not hear a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit, but there is a great importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we are going to talk about just that tonight, because many people do not know about the subject of the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit is believed by some some to be an exerted energy of God. Others have called the Holy Spirit an impersonal breath. And still there's some who just throw out a definition of the Holy Spirit, very general, that the Holy Spirit is a spiritual power. And all three of those things take away from any possibility of there being a personality of the Holy Spirit. And it is not right. There is a lot of neglect of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is far too important. And and so may we learn about the Holy Spirit tonight. We've talked a little bit about the importance of the Holy Spirit. We are also going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the deity of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about the experience of the Holy Spirit this evening. Let's first understand that the, the third of our Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is a person. We're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit tonight. And we prove by the Bible and we see by the Bible against contrary teaching, against contrary words about the Holy Spirit. We see and we prove that the Holy Spirit is a person. We first understand that the Holy Spirit is a person by his attributes. I didn't even tell you to turn anywhere. You can go to first Corinthians chapter two and we're going to look at verses nine through 11 for a minute. I'm going to be, we're going to be all over the place tonight. I will try to teach in such a way so you can follow along uh, if you choose to uh, keep up. But we, we're looking at the Holy Spirit being a person by his attributes. The person of the Holy Spirit has intelligence and understanding. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 11. It, some familiar verses as we start out here. It says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Praise God. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, 
For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the, the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. So we see intelligence, we see understanding uh, in the Holy Spirit. But not only that, I'm going to go over to Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2. And it says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So we see here a being, we see here a person, an intelligent person, a person of wisdom, a person of understanding in the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. This constitutes the Holy Spirit being a person by the wisdom and by the understanding and the intelligence that he has. But not only do we see that attribute of the Holy Spirit, we also see the attribute of a sovereign will. And I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now. And we're going to go ahead and share verses 8 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 says, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will, as in the Holy Spirit, we see a sovereign will in the Holy Spirit who dispersed gifts as he saw fit. Now, of course, these a lot of these gifts that we just mentioned are gifts that that are no longer in existence. When the Bible was complete and put in our hands, there are many gifts that ceased at that time. My Bible tells me that we are thoroughly furnished by the scriptures now. It is it is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So as I mention those things, let's understand that, that some of those things have ceased and are gone now. But here's the point, and here's what we're going to focus on here, that there was a sovereign will, and there is a sovereign will of the Holy Spirit, and He dispersed those gifts as He saw fit. So we see attributes of the Holy Spirit in what way of intelligence and understanding in way of a sovereign will but there is also there is also in Romans chapter 15 verse 30 there is also the sensitivity of the spirit if you're still at 1 Corinthians 2 you can go back a few pages and we will be in Romans 15 and verse 30 it says now i beseech you brethren for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers 
to God for me. So we see the sensitivity of love. The Holy Spirit loves. But not only does the Holy Spirit love, the Holy Spirit also grieves. And we see the grieving of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, which says, which says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So we see intelligence of this person of the Holy Spirit. We see a sovereign will of the Holy Spirit. We also see the, the sensitivity and the personification, if you will, of the Holy Spirit loving and the Holy Spirit being grieved. So we, we have proof through attributes that there's a person through attributes. We also prove that the Holy Spirit is a person by his actions. The very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, we see that the Holy Spirit creates. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And then it goes on to say that there was a firmament dividing the waters from the waters. So we see right there in the very beginning of God's word that the Holy Spirit by his actions proves to be a person. The Holy Spirit creates. We not only see it there, but in the 104th Psalm, the psalmist says, thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created. And then Job says, the spirit of God hath made me. The spirit of God is a person. We see it by his actions and he creates. But not only does he create, we see in first Timothy chapter four, verse one, that he speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks and Four one says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Spirit speaketh expressly, it says. And then in Revelation chapter 2, listen to verse 7. It says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. You understand a lot of people do not believe this. But you understand it's right here in the Bible that the Holy Spirit creates. The Holy Spirit speaks. But not only that, the Holy Spirit teaches. Luke chapter 12, verse 12 says, For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. And then in John chapter 14 and verse 26 But Jesus says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the who the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, uh, who the father will send in my name, he will teach you. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher. It takes a person to be able to teach. And that's what he does. But not only does he teach the Holy Spirit 
also guides. We see by his actions that he is a person. Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But So we see that the Holy Spirit guides us. But not only does he guide us, the Holy Spirit commands us. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 13 and verse 2 and we're going to see the command of the Holy Spirit. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. So we see the command of the Holy Spirit for mission work for Saul and Barnabas. So we see the actions of the Holy Spirit proving him to be a person. He not only commands, but we know by the Bible that the Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Holy Spirit comforts you and I. Jesus called him the Comforter, And that's what he does for you and I. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit intercedes the very the very comforting, warming verse of hope for you and I in Romans 8, 26. Whenever we don't know what we ought to pray as we should, it might be that devastating time you're in and you don't even know what to say to God. You're in up over your head. And when you are in reverence to God in that time, the Holy Spirit is sending up that perfect petition to God for you better than what you and I would say ourselves if we could get ourselves together and be able to pray. So we see by these actions, he intercedes for us. We see that if you're still with me, we see that personal relation, personal relation affirms that the Holy Spirit is a person. You remember Ananias and Sapphira from Acts chapter 5, and you understand that they tempted the Spirit of the Lord. They sold their land and they brought some of their money. They said it was all of their money they were given, but it was only some. And the Bible says that they tempted the Holy Spirit. This is a personal relation from Ananias and Sapphira to the Holy Spirit, and they tempted him. But not only that, Ananias lied to the Holy Ghost. This constitutes a person that's being lied to. So the Holy Spirit is a person, and we see that here. In the last chapter of 2 Corinthians, of the entire book, let me go ahead and go there. Paul speaks of the Trinity in this verse. He says that this is 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. That word communion, it means fellowship. It means partnership. It means participation. It means communication. It means that you and I have communication with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, the one that seems to be neglected, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. When you, Whichever one you say, you're saying the same thing. Down in Mississippi, they like to say Holy Ghost because it sounds real exciting. But they're saying the same thing as the Holy Spirit of God. And we have communication with the Holy Spirit of God. So consider the personal relation that you and I have with the Holy Spirit that makes him, that makes us see that he is a person. How about, 
How about the Bible's personal pronouns when speaking of the Holy Spirit? If there's not something more simple that will teach you and I that the Holy Spirit is a person, it's when Jesus said, if I depart, I will send him unto you. And he's talking about the comforter there. So the simple personal pronouns. Let me go back to John 14, 26. We shared it one time. We're going to share it for another reason this time. But the comforter, Jesus says, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. There has to be a great neglect of the Bible for someone to consider the Holy Spirit a thing or a power instead of a person. And we see that simply by the personal pronouns affirming the person of the Holy Spirit. But how about his names? How about the names given to the Holy Spirit that affirm him as a person? We see that we've already shared that he's comforter. He's witness. He's justifier. He is called sanctifier. He is a person with many names. So we have learned that the Holy Spirit is a person. But let's also look at the deity of the Holy Spirit because none of the three persons of the Trinity of our God should be neglected or should be slighted one below or above or another. So as we go back to Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, Peter told Ananias now, he told Ananias that he has lied to the Holy Ghost. And then he turns around in the next verse and says that he lied to God. Now, now, which is it? Well, is one of them wrong? He lied to the Holy Ghost and he lied to the God to God. Well, the Holy Ghost is God. So he's not wrong at all. He's talking about the same person. And he and he says it twice. We see the deity of the Holy Spirit where he is spoken of as the Holy Spirit and then spoken of as God in the very next verse. He is God. Paul. Now, Paul said in to the church at Corinth that. This whole thing is the temple of God and it's and it's corrupting more every day. But this is the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in that temple, the Bible says. And then if you go to Second Corinthians, chapter six, verse 16, Paul says that we are the temple of the living God and God hath said I will dwell in them. God hath said, I will dwell in them. But the temple of the living God, which is us, the Holy Spirit dwells in. And then God says he dwells in us as well. So you see the deity of the Holy Spirit, not only there, but you can even go back to the Old Testament concerning the children of Israel. The children of Israel had to be led and the children of Israel were led by the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The children of Israel were led by Jehovah himself. That's in Deuteronomy 32, 12. But then in Isaiah chapter 63, verses 11 and 12, we see the same subject being spoken of. And as and it says, let me go ahead and go back to verse 12. That led them by the right hand of Moses with his. No, let me go back to verse 11. 
Then he remembered the days of old, Moses and his people saying, where is he that brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within them that led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make himself an everlasting name? The children of Israel were led by Jehovah and then when the same subject and the same situation is talked about, the children of Israel are led by that spirit that dwelleth in them. So we see the deity of the Holy Spirit, not only that he is God, but also that he is Jehovah. He is uh, talked about as our Lord Jesus Christ as well. Hebrews chapter one. And verse 1, the very beginning of Hebrews, says that God spake by the prophets. But there's a very popular verse to us that we know in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21, that says, Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So, so God spake by the prophets, but also these holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So we see the deity again of the Holy Spirit in that he is God. Well, hopefully we've may, maybe just been refreshed on something if you've already known it. It's good to be grounded in God's doctrine. It's good to know his truth. It's, it's really good if we've learned something tonight. The importance of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a person, that the Holy Spirit is deity. And if we have learned something tonight, we're actually going to close with something that really cannot be learned. And, you know, some things just have to be experienced. And so there is not only the person of the Holy Spirit, there is not only the deity of the Holy Spirit, but there is the experience of the Holy Spirit. There is the experience of the Holy Spirit. He is a person. He dwells within the one that believes in Christ. And and for me to articulate something of the experience, it would be it would be much better done by you and I in experiencing him ourselves, because, see, there is conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts you and I of sin. I personally had a life of sin that I could love and go about continuously over and over in my young life and it didn't bother me whatsoever. I could live and do as I pleased with seemingly no repercussions. But once I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I found what our pastor said to be right and that is no Christian can sin successfully. And that is because the Holy Spirit convicts you and I of sin. He does take all the fun out of it for his child for our own good. Yes, the Bible does say that there's a temporary pleasure in sin, but not when the Holy Spirit convicts us and we are moved and we are disturbed until we confess that sin to him and until we turn from that sin. We are not going to be successful in ministry in the Lord's church whenever there is conviction of the Holy Spirit that we are neglecting. He, for our good, He is convicting us to turn from our sin. So He convicts us of our sin. But not only that, not only does He do that, He leads and He guides you and I into all truth. 
I've heard a lot of complaints from different people out in the world as I go about the King James Version Bible. And I want to tell you what, I'm not the smartest person in the world. You can teach me a whole lot of things. My teacher, my neighbor teaches me about gardening. I have a lot to learn. But I tell you what. We have a great teacher in the Holy Spirit. I do not need the word of God to be changed so the man on the street can understand it. God changes the man on the street so he can understand the word of God. And the Holy Spirit is a great teacher for you and I. He convicts us of sin. He leads and guides us into all truth. He dwells in the children of God. He has come to make a home in the one within the one that has trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, comes to live within our lives. My Bible tells me in Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 that the Holy Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What a wonderful peace that we have when the Holy Spirit communicates to us Letting us know we are children of God. The way I've said it to the teenagers before, if I send out a text, a lot of times I don't get a reply. And, and with the kind of phone I've got, I just, I shouldn't have a bad phone as assistant pastor. I should have a real good one. But nevertheless, I, I don't know if they get my text or not. But, but when they text me back, I know that they got my text. All right? And and so and so let me say it in my teenager form way whenever whenever we OK, major teenager thing here, when we text God, when we understand his truth and we trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then my Bible tells me in Romans eight sixteen that he texts our heart back. And lets us know, gives us the peace that we are the children of God. You have someone living inside you, the person of God, if you're a Christian. And he lets you know that. And he gives you that, ex that experience. One of my favorite verses concerning the Holy Spirit is Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So many people, I'll tell you what it is in a second. But before that, so many people struggle in their Christian life. And don't get me wrong. We're going to have some kind of struggles with sin until the day the Lord takes us home to heaven. But it's not a continuous. It's not a habitual thing. It's not something that has to dominate you and I. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. How wonderful is the ministry of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God, living in our lives. He lives in the Christian. Don't take me wrong, but let me say it this way. The human being cannot live the life that God has called us to live. But the Holy Spirit does live the Christian life. And good news, everyone. The Holy Spirit lives within the one that is trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you've been born again, He lives within you. And when He dwells within you and you're, you're submitted to the will of God, the Christian life is lived through you by Him. He is in perfect agreement with the Father. The Holy Spirit is in perfect agreement with the Bible. The Holy Spirit will never lead you 
you or I to live or to do something that we cannot find in the word of God. Some people say, God led me to do this. God led me to do that. And it's against the word of God. Well, hello, that's an instant lie. That's instant. I, I acted on my feelings and I did what I wanted to do. And I compromised because the Holy Spirit leads us to do this perfect word we have here before us. God in written form. Do you experience the Holy Spirit in your life? Does he lead you? Does he guide you? As one of my teenagers said, he said, I, uh, one thing I can tell you of evidence that I am saved. I know the Holy Spirit teaches me the word of God. I know the way I am able to understand and able to answer and do these things. The Holy Spirit gives me that understanding. Do you experience him in your life? That's a very important question. Do you experience the Holy Spirit in your life? Because the Bible says that the one that is trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit immediately, right then, no second blessing, no other time, right then the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So the person that's saved has the person of God by way of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, regenerated from above by God's Holy Spirit, making you a new person, a new creature in Christ. How dare we neglect the Holy Spirit? Don't get me wrong. It is God that is to be glorified. When someone asks you anything about the Lord, you, you speak Jesus. You tell them Jesus. But let us know that we find our confidence by a particular ministry of God. The ministry of the Holy Spirit leads us to live the Christian life. You can have confidence there. You do not have to be beat up by sin. You can be led by the one that is more powerful than sin. That is specifically living within you to lead and guide you. That is the Holy Spirit. He lives within the one who saved. Maybe... Maybe there are souls here tonight. There, were, there, was a, there was a man that was saved this morning. And I want to tell you, his, he's been around the things of God all of his life. And, and a lot of knowledge. But the Holy Spirit drew him. The Holy Spirit draws someone to unite with the church. To come into membership. He has a certain church for you. And he draws you to do that. The Holy Spirit draws the lost person to be saved. Jesus said, I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. I tell you what, let's have a hymn of invitation this evening, uh, Brother Tim. And, and maybe there's someone here that has never trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Your sins aren't forgiven. The Holy Spirit has not come to dwell within you. You do not have that peace of knowing if you died tonight that you would go to heaven. Is that, is that you here tonight? Because if it is, there's, there's good news. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. God is willing to save you tonight. He says that today, Paul, would you accept him and trust in Jesus Christ? Would you, would you trust him as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins? I, I'm not... 
as you speaking, I'm, I'm tired of being disturbed by this. I'm tired of being confused. I'm tired of things seeming indecisive. Look, God is not the author of confusion. He has a plain and simple and clear salvation. And it is for you through Jesus Christ. Would you trust Him as your Lord and Savior tonight? Could we just have a, a good old-fashioned church meeting tonight where somebody would walk the aisle saying, yes, God is convicting me by His Holy Spirit and I want to trust in Jesus Christ right now as my Lord and Savior. God forbid I die when I drive down the road tonight, but if I do, I'm going to heaven because I have trusted Jesus Christ I've placed all of my trust in Him. Nothing in any religion I've ever been a part of before. Nothing in any works at all. Not in anything good of myself. I cannot offer myself to God. But, but I offer Him Jesus in my heart to save me from all of my sins. Is that you? Let God work as He will with you tonight. Let us all go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Most kind and gracious Father, Lord, we come to you this evening. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your power. Lord God, you are mighty to save. You are still saving today, Lord. And I want to thank you that it's free. I want to thank you that it's by grace. I want to thank you that it's by trusting in Jesus. And Lord, behind the scenes of magnifying our Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit is drawing. Drawing the Christian that's here that's backslidden, possibly, to turn back to you. To turn back to living for you and turning away from those things. For the one that is a precious soul here whose sins have not been forgiven, though, you want to save their soul. Maybe you're doing it right now, Lord. Dear God, just have your way with your people right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can